This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here tonight. Just as Pastor said, it's a, you know, I don't think there's a better way to start off Thanksgiving or the Thanksgiving Eve than being here in the house of God. And I think the more that we understand that and we think about things like that, God changes the way we view things, the way we see, how we act, how we talk, and how we think. And I think that's some of the most important things that we can do in this life is continue to be adjusted. I always remember this back when I was uh, first learning, when I, when I first got, got my first car. I used to have a car that some of you will remember when you had the dial where you'd literally have to tune it and it would like slide over. You'd turn the dial and it'd slide over. And every once in a while, that dial, I'd get in the car and it'd work great the day before, but I'd come back in and it would just be off just a little bit, be a little staticky. And I, sometimes we just kind of deal with it. And then... Day after day, it keeps getting worse and worse, and then you have to get back in and readjust just a little bit. And I think that's what the house, and that's what the opportunities we have with God. When we come in here, we get an opportunity to come back in and get back in line with God and remember what this is all about. And so I don't think there's a better way that we can start off this Thanksgiving holiday other than being a house of the Lord and understanding who we are truly thankful for out of this entire life. So with that thought in mind, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get ready to start. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be here in this house. Father, we thank you wholeheartedly for the freedoms that we have. Father, that you have blessed this place, blessed this country, and blessed this house, Father. Lord, that we have a pastor that leads us and guides us as a real pastor, as a real man, Father, who leads us and teaches us what it means to honor you. Father, I thank you. It starts with the leadership from him that he is so thankful for the opportunities we have. Father, let us resonate that sound. And every step that we take, every word that we say, and every thought that we have. So, Father, we ask you to bless us tonight. Help us, lead us, and guide us to help us to receive this word. Lord, I pray you help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I'd plan on not saying so the lives would be affected and know how much you love them. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to start. We're going to try to move kind of through a process of understanding what it means to be thankful. Because I think at times we get caught up in the moments, and those moments overtake the opportunity for us to be thankful for that moment. And it just becomes another moment. And I know at work we can deal with those things, at the office, at the house. In fact, here tomorrow we'll be one of the most thankful people at 1 o'clock, and tomorrow night at 6.30 we become very unthankful. As you fist fight for that great deal on the TV or for that great Xbox game or that whatever, we become ungrateful. Well, you ran out, and it's amazing how quickly, within six hours, something can change so rapidly. But I think when the Lord puts something on our hearts, it's permanent. But it only becomes permanent when we put it into practice. And so I always say this statement, practice makes permanent. It doesn't make perfect, but it makes permanent. What you continue to practice will become permanent in our lives. And so as we look at this, we're going to start in verse 10. Philippians 4, if you haven't done this, I encourage you. These scriptures right here that are written are an incredible painting, an incredible steps to what we need to do in our lives. If you started in verse 2, He talks about the words, and he talks about understanding what it means to have encouragement. But he goes down to verse 4, 
verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8. He gives you steps to pray by. And so as these pictures are being painted in your head, we get to verse 10 and it says, How I praise the Lord. And I think at times we read scripture and we just kind of read through it very quickly. But I love how he starts it out, how I praise the Lord, that you are concerned about me again. I'm so thankful is what he's saying, that you're concerned about me, that you cared for me. He says, I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now, verse 11, he says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. This should be a statement of our lives. Lord, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. When we become uncontent, when we when that content goes out of our minds, we become ungrateful. When we become ungrateful, we become unworthy of the blessings that God continues to bless us with. So verse 12 says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Verse 13, for I can do everything, everything through Christ who gives me strength. He says, I have learned the secret to life. The secret to life is very simple. When we choose to make that decision, he says this, the secret is being content. You can't be content and ungrateful at the same time. I love this statement. Stephen Furtick said this. He said, you can't be, you can't be grateful for something that you feel entitled to. So think about that. You can't be grateful for something that you feel entitled to. You know, there's a lot of times in life where we feel like, well, I deserve this. I deserve this. I, I, I've gone to eat dinner with people, with certain people that you, you, you see them speak to waiters and waitresses, and you're sitting there watching this and, and watching them and how they interact with people. And all of a sudden, their attitude is not grateful and saying, thank you for bringing me food. It's like, well, that's their job. They're supposed to do that. You become ungrateful very quickly. All of a sudden, that tip shrinks smaller and smaller instead of saying, man, I appreciate you serving me. I appreciate all that you do. Let me tell you how much I appreciate it by saying thank you and showing you by giving a tip. It's very sad when you talk to most waiters and waitresses that Sundays are their worst days to work because more Christians are cheaper than anybody else. They put down a card that says, I put your tithe, I put your tip in the offering, so you got a blessing coming. Or they put something down like, no, 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 you should be out there giving 30, 40% and saying, hey, this is a blessing. I love the guy that's gone out there. I believe he was a CEO, they're not sure exactly who he was, but he was a CEO of Microsoft at one point, or he did something high up there, and he's, he gives tips for Jesus. He'll have a bill that costs him $200 and he'll leave a $10,000 tip because he says, I just want to be a blessing. He doesn't do it to get notoriety. He just wants to say, I'm grateful for what I have. And I recognize these things. When we walk out thankfulness, it teaches us to be content with what we have. But it's a choice that we make. Thankfulness is not just received. It's something that must be taught. Because very quickly, we can change the way we see things. Gratefulness is an attitude. It's a choice that we have. It's an opportunity we have to say, God, I don't want to be entitled. I don't want to feel like I deserve these things. I deserve to have somebody give me food. I deserve to do those things. You know, tomorrow, when you have an opportunity to sit down with your family, you're going to be very grateful for that. But don't let it end tomorrow. Be grateful. Do something surprising to your family that they would never have guessed. 
be a blessing unto them to tell you, to show them how grateful you are for what you have today. Because that will bring the blessings tomorrow. The more that God can trust you with today, the more he'll give you tomorrow. But it starts today. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. We're going to read out of chapter 8. In Deuteronomy 8, he's going to paint a picture for us of two types of people. Two types of people that help us to understand what it means to be thankful and what it means to be ungrateful for what we have. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 6 is where we're going to start. And for those of you that aren't there yet, it will be on the screen. It says this, verse 6 says, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. He paints a picture for us right there. You do this by walking in his ways. Verse 7, for the Lord of the God, for the Lord your God is, br- is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys of the hills. It is the land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is the land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is the land where iron is as common as stone and copper is as abundant in the, is, is abundant in the hills. Verse 10, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he has given you. He paints a picture and he says, this is what it is. And you look and you're saying, well, that's not really the way it is in our life, but it is. It really is. He has said, I put you in this area. Look at this, what we've got, olive oil, we've got honey, we've got pomegranates, we've got fig trees, we've got grapevines, we've got wheat, we've got bar, we've got all that. Go to your pantry and see it all in there. God has blessed us with so much that he says, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to remember that I'm the one that blessed you. Because when I remember to be grateful and thankful to the Lord, it changes the way that I view that food, that blessing, and those things in our lives. Now listen to the difference in verse 11. But that is the time to be careful. This is a warning from the Lord. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. Now I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to get back to this point. There's a lot of times in our lives where we have an opportunity. The Bible says, let your light so shine before the world. Do not hide your light. Whenever there is light in a very dark place, everything is attracted to it. If I were to turn off the lights into this place and I turned on that Christmas tree, every eye would go to that Christmas tree. Because the light attracts and it always defeats darkness. People are attracted to light. So what God is saying is, yes, you are light, but you also have an an opportunity to represent that light in a good way or a bad way. It's very, very odd to hear of Christians, of right saying, I'm not saying everybody has to be perfect, but when I hear Christians getting thrown out of basketball games, when I hear Christians that are the ones in the lines on Friday morning and Black Friday that are screaming at somebody else because they cut in front of them. The Lord teaches us that we have an opportunity. 
And I love this because God paints a picture. He says, but that's the time to be careful. Be grateful for what you have. Be blessed. You know what? Tomorrow, if there's somebody that you know that doesn't have a place to go, open your doors. Be grateful for them that the Lord has blessed you enough that you can open the doors to somebody else that doesn't have a place to go. Because the opportunity to show that love doesn't come every moment. But you can choose to make that moment a God moment and change the way that they feel about Christians in their lives. So he continues on here. Verse 12, it says, For when, I, for when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied, along with everything else, be careful. Be careful. Because we will put our minds to that rather than to God. Verse 14, do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from the slavery in the land of Egypt. Maybe it wasn't Egypt that you came out of. Maybe it was the slavery of sin. Maybe it was the slavery of always feeling down, the fear, the worry, the doubt that God can't do something. All of a sudden he shows it. Verse 15, do not forget that he led you through the great terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes snakes and scorpions. And it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good. Verse 17, he did all this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God he is the one who gives the power to be successful. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed in your ancestors with an oath. This is what it's coming back down to. It's being thankful. It's being thankful. I, I, I see people that are so incredibly gifted in this life. I watch people do things. I, I'll take my car to go get fixed and I'll watch the mechanic take things apart like it's nothing. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know what you just did, but thank you. You're amazing. You're amazing. They're like, dude, I just took a tire off. No, I don't care. That was amazing what you just did. You sit there and you watch somebody who's a good cook. And you watch them cook. You see this thing. And, and, and I sit there. I'm so grateful for my wife. She, she does these green beans. And I've spent five years trying to figure out how to do it. And I screwed up every time. I'm so grateful for when she cooks because she's so good at it. And I always ask her, did you follow the recipe? She's like, no, I just threw this together. And I threw this together. And I threw this together. I'm so grateful for the gifts that they have. I watch people all the time and I see what they do. And it reminds me of the greatness of God because of the greatness that you have in you that God has blessed you with. The Bible says that you have talents and gifts. You have all these incredible things. We have an opportunity to go be a blessing to those around us. I, I cannot tell you how many people walk in those doors and our greeters are the first person that they see and maybe they're having a down day. Maybe something's not going right and they see those greeters and they reach out a hand and say, man, we're so grateful you're here. Thank you. Thank you for being here, man. We're, we're excited to be here. I'm so grateful that I have pastors here that love people enough to say, we just wanna say thank you. I know there's a lot of stuff you could be doing right now but you chose to be in the house of the Lord so that we could worship together. I'll tell you this, it's a lot more fun worshiping together than it is alone. 
So we're so grateful. But I think at times we can change our view. We become prideful and we forget how amazing God is. God has blessed us with so much. And understand this, I'm not just sharing it with you, I'm telling myself this. Because at times I can get frustrated with my kids, my family, my life, my job, whatever it may be, I can get frustrated. And I can forget very quickly to be grateful. Have you ever found yourself within the last month, maybe this last week, or maybe even today, where you were irritable, where you were bugged, where you were frustrated with one person? You know, very quickly, we can look at that person and forget, that's right, man, I'm not thankful for who they are. I'm not thankful for those people sometimes. I've watched people treat janitors, maintenance people, like they mean nothing. I'll tell you what, man, I'm grateful for janitors. I'm grateful for maintenance. I love going into a clean bathroom. Yes, there's a few of them that are. But I'm grateful for those that are willing to step forward and say, I'll do that. I'll clean that. I'll pick those things up. God has something amazing for us. I always think about this. We can't ever become okay with God's grace. Think about that statement. We can't become okay with God's grace. It's just God's grace. It's just God's grace. No, it's not just God's grace. It's God's grace. I can't stand here today without God's grace. His mercy and his graces are way beyond what I can even fathom. I can't be okay with just mercy. It just can't be grace. It's God's grace and it's God's mercy. We have to stay hungry. You know, I look forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas every year because I love turkey. I love stuffing. I love mashed potatoes and the gravy. And and I have such great memories of this. But not only that, it's the time after that where I get to have my turkey sandwiches that I would cook turkeys on my, in fact, I will cook two turkeys tomorrow because I need so much turkey to eat those turkey sandwiches and I will eat them till Christmas, and then I'll eat them through January because they are so good. And then I'll get tired of them and have to wait 11 more months to get back on that. But I look forward to those things. I can taste that. I look forward to that. I've become hungry for it. So I'm not scared to get up early and start making that meal because I know what's gonna come out of it. I become hungry. I become hungry. We can't ever get okay with God's grace. I've gotta be hungry for God's grace in all that we do. I love this statement. I heard a pastor say this. Because a lot of times when we become ungrateful, it changes the way we view things and we get caught up in the moments. The problem is, is that you're sitting there saying, I've been waiting for God to do this. I've been waiting on God to do this one thing. I've been waiting on God to do this one thing. I always sit back and think, you're just one step away. Well, how do you know it's the next step? Because by faith, it tells me that when I take this step, God will be there. But you don't know. I don't care. I don't need to know. It's by faith I move, not by sight. So I take this step. I take this step. And you're sitting here saying, I've taken 300 steps. We'll take 301. Take 302. Take 303. Get to 350. Get to 400. Take another step. Because understand this, you're one praise song away from receiving what God has in your life. One song away. One praise song away. Don't come in and say, oh no, I can't be there for praise and worship because of this. No, no, no. You're one song away from receiving the miracle that God has for your life. One song away. 
One song away for that thing that you've been waiting on for so long. But when I become ungrateful, the Bible says in Philippians 4, it says, come with thanksgiving and praise. When I become thankful, I come in with praise. The Lord says, I'll move. But it starts with thanksgiving. It moves to praise. And it says, I'll move. It's a choice that we make when we continue to do this. Attitude, the gratitude and attitude are go hand in hand. It's a choice that we make. It's simply a way that we think. Gratitude is not something we just figure out. Your children just don't go, hey, I just want to be thankful. They wake up, you know, they get out, they, they come out of the womb, and they're like, thanks for, thanks for delivering me. Thanks, mom, you did a good job. Dad, hey, hey, high five on that. You did a great job. They don't know that. One, two, man, at the first birthday party, they're sitting there getting these gifts, and they're like having a great time opening this stuff, and they just want the gift. They want the wrapping paper. They want this stuff. They don't look at anybody and say, hey, thank you. Thank you. What do parents have to keep telling? Go tell them thank you. Go tell them thank you. My parents still did it. Hey, go tell them thank you. Oh, that's right. I got to go tell them. No. It's something that all of a sudden gets ingrained to us. We start practicing it every day. We start becoming. Because understand this. Gratitude without practice is very close to faith without works. Gratitude without practice is like faith without works. You can't do those without together. You've got to practice this thing every day. We have to have grateful habits every single day. Be grateful for someone when they open the door for you. Be grateful for that person who put the shopping cart away for you. Be grateful for those people that are pushing those shopping carts across the parking lot in the 40 degree, 40 mile an hour winds when it's 40 degrees outside and they're freezing. Be grateful for them. Be grateful for those people that are willing to do what no one else will. When you become grateful, it changes the way we view things. You become a happy, joyful person. I believe this. Remember, thanksgiving and praise will enter you into the house of God, will get you into those places. Remember what's with God, the fruit of the Spirit, peace, love, joy, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, that's not found without being thankful. If I'm ungrateful for what I have, do you think those seven things are coming in with me? I'm going to miss peace, love, joy, kindness, faithfulness, and gentleness. You can try to find it everywhere but it won't come till I become grateful. Happy people don't have the best of everything. It's not because they have the best cars. It's not because they have the best house. It's not because they have the best vehicles, the best electronics. Happy people don't have the best of everything, but they do make it a habit to be grateful for what they do have. I've gone to my in-law's house, Pastor Stormy and Shelley's house many times. And on Sunday nights, we'll do... Uh, We'll, we'll do breakfast. And one of the things that they do is they'll pull out this waffle maker. And this thing, I, I really believe Moses signed it. He may have built this thing. I mean, this, is, this thing is old. She's like, she, she, she pulls it out and she, she flips it over. And she's like, yeah, it's got a griddle on this side and it's a, a, a waffle maker on the other side. I'm like, that's the coolest design I've ever seen. When did you get that? When we first got married. So he's really not when Moses was. I'm going to back up on that statement right there, step my, you know, get my foot out of my mouth. But um, what it comes back down to is they've been grateful for that. I know that, I, that they, they could go out and buy anything that they wanted in a waffle maker. They can go and buy the greatest waffle maker in the world. But you know what? They're grateful for that. They've taught me to be grateful for all those things. I remember one day I opened up their cabinet and they were like, could you get us some Tupperware? And I went and I got the Tupperware. And you know what their Tupperware is? It's an old tub of butter. Or it's a 
yogurt or it's cottage cheese. And I'm like, that's not Tupperware. That's trash is what that is. And I, and I remember one moment I said, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. I'm buying you Tupperware. And I remember Pastor Stormy looked at me and goes, why do you need to buy me Tupperware? I got an entire cupboard full of Tupperware. It's just got a different name on it. But they become grateful for those things. They, they, they don't look and they say, hey, this is trash. They reuse it. They do those things. But it, it comes down to this. When you're happy, it's not because you have the greatest things. It's because the things that you have becomes the greatest to you. It's a choice. It's a mindset. Gratitude is an attitude we choose to have. You know, I, as I was preparing this message, the Lord spoke to my heart on some things and he took me back to when I was a kid. Today, we went and did some family pictures. And I started thinking about the family pictures and, that I've had since I was little. And I remember there was a time you know when you're, you're at that awkward age, you know, second, third, fourth grade, and you go to get the school pictures and your smile's like, you know, you, you kind of do this and they're like, why didn't you smile? Like, I am silent. This is, this is the best thing I can do. And they're like, they, they tell you, no, you got to do this. And, and, and they have you put your hand on your chin and you're like this and you're like, you're, and you're like, I don't feel right. And they're like, no, you look good, but I don't feel good. No, no, no. Trust me. You look good. You look right. No, this is not natural. And you're fighting in your mind saying, no, let me be natural. And you're like, no, trust me, you look good. The Lord spoke to me and said, sometimes you don't feel natural. But because what I see and where you're going, it will become natural to be grateful for what you have. It's a choice that we continue to choose and walk through. There are many times in my life that the Lord has tried to change something. In fact, he's put a calling on my life to be grateful for all those people around me. And sometimes I walk in to a room, a gym, a sanctuary, and my attitude is not an attitude of gratitude. My attitude is an attitude of me. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I need more of this. I need more of that. But the Lord spoke to me and he said this. He said, I didn't create you to adapt to that atmosphere. He said, I created you to go change that atmosphere. You're created to change atmospheres in this place. You're created that Friday morning, be the one that's grateful at three o'clock in the morning while you're shopping. Be the one that walks up and says, man, I thank you so much for being here and serving. I know you've been here since six. I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for that. I want to say thank you for all this work that you went and did. I look at the managers that they deal with these things and they pull their hair out because people just scream and yell at them. Be the one that walks up and says, man, I, I know this is tough. I just thank you. Thank you for this. I appreciate all the work that you went to to make my life easier. Thank you. Thank you. The final scripture I want to talk about is Psalms 28 verse 7. It says this. King David, and it's a psalm of King David. I love this statement. It says, the Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all of my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. I, I'll be honest. 
You want to know who one of the, 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 the guys I know, the people I know that bust out in songs more than anyone else is this guy right here. He will bust out in songs walking down. He'll be singing. And, and, and he's got an incredible voice to God. But there, there's... But I, I know this. He'll start singing songs all the time because he doesn't care how it sounds to others. He cares how it sounds to God. He becomes grateful for him and he walks in and he says, I don't care what it sounds like. I'm going to sing my heart out to you, Lord. I'm so grateful. He bursts out with song after song after song. And you know what it does? It lights him up and it lights me up. It lights the atmosphere up around him because he chose to be the one that's going to adapt Make that atmosphere adapt to him, not him to adapt to that. The Lord has something incredible. The, the definition of thanksgiving is a prayer expressing gratitude, a public acknowledgement or celebration of God's goodness. And that's what it comes back down to, is the choice that we make, a celebration of God's goodness. But I'll tell you this, it's hard to be grateful when all you see is mountains standing in front of you. I talked to a friend of mine this morning and broke my heart what God is doing in his world. Because the enemy has taken over his mindset and tried to explain that God's not as big as you think he is. And so his perception, God has always been there, but his perception of God has forever changed until this morning. When he recognized and realized that the grace and the mercy of God can take you from where you're at to where you need to get. It's about surrendering and say, God, I need you. He made the decision to say, God, I'm ready. And he recommitted his life and he came in here and he said, I'm gonna pray. And I said, I know it's gonna be tough, but you know what? When you do it with God, he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'll walk through because I know I have God on my side. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If I'll seek him. Bible says I'll find him. Becoming grateful is part of the fruit that you produce. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes because I don't want to give anybody an opportunity to not know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. And then we're going to sing a song. And I want you to sing that song just as I talked about with Pastor. Be grateful. Be grateful you have a voice. It may not be the greatest, but that's okay. Sing it out. Be grateful for what God's doing. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.